0: Whenever I've come across ego, it's been when there's an agent representing a buyer or a seller or landlord. Yeah. Do and I'm you working know, with another ego. agent. Um, do you know what? It's got smaller over the last few years. <laughs> I said, e- Guys, I you're said so ego. Guys, you so I said ego. <laughs> Is that okay though? Because you're working for the
1: seller? I'm working for not- the seller, but also I'm thinking, right, if I call my client straight away with an offer, they're perhaps going to hold out for a price Maybe the buyer can't afford because they've offered so quickly.
2: You have, as an agent, you have to be a chameleon. You have to read the situation. Chameleon. Re-
0: Welcome to episode number 10 of the three entrepreneur podcast that's right we are now in double digits today we're going to be speaking about the art of negotiation before i get started though uh we've had some feedback and that is about the fee i think people would like it to be changed to a reminder instead of a fee to be asked to share the podcast if you have gained anything from it or to drop a comment and to like it and subscribe of course so, thank you very much. Yep. With no further ado, what is negotiation? Straight in.
2: <clears throat> what is Straight
0: negotiation? In? What is the
1: art of negotiating?
0: No. What is negotiation?
1: Getting what you want. <laughs> in the crux of it. <laughs> you know, getting what the desired outcome you set out for.
2: Whether that's for yourself, on behalf of someone else. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, getting what you want for the dis- for the desired price that you want to pay. Well, negotiating in, oh, could not be a Not yeah, not in always actually. Are we specific doesn't to It day? Doesn't have to be a payment, does it? Mm. My little boy negotiates with me every day. He has <laughs> no, no money. He always well, when, wins. He <laughs> when he goes to bed. When he goes to bed is like a constant negotiation. He's like a master of negotiating. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, I suppose it's true. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be monetary. Doesn't have to be a monetary value. Doesn't have to be money involved in a in a negotiation, does there? Mm.
0: Just googled it. It says a discussion aimed at reaching an agreement. Yeah. Discussion. Yeah.
2: Probably could start usually that. a discussion <laughs> or <laughs> an <laughs> argument. Discussion or an <laughs> <laughs> argument. Yeah.
0: Suppose it's person you're negotiating with. Okay, fine. Let's move on swiftly because I've got eight, 19 questions to oh, wow. to get through. So, give us an example of a good negotiation or of good
2: negotiation. He wants to go uh, an example is in a scenario that we've had before or just yeah or, or a theoretical or hypothetical situation well, I mean, where it would be a good <clears throat> negotiation I
1: assume a hypothetical scenario would be where both parties are happy with the deal yeah why don't you role play
2: a win win mind no I think I think Benji's right though Alex, I think you this for off the uh, <laughs> off the No, no mean, why don't you role play like a good negotiation how it'll much be quite are going to charge <laughs> no look I think Benji's right I think there's, there's something called like a win it's a win win mindset Effectively in a negotiation, you want both parties to feel like they've won because if one party feels like they've won and the other doesn't, then there's a higher risk during the sales progression or the the, the secondary part after agreeing um, the value that something could arise. They feel like the other party has got one up on them and they then might start to be a bit of a stickler on certain Mm. points couldn't agree more you know and I,
1: I, I often use that in negotiating for example let's use round figures and say the property is 10 million pounds mm. I might say to my my client the seller I could probably get you 10.5 million but the buyers gonna be squeezed and they're gonna be uncomfortable the second something goes wrong with any of the paperwork as mm. you just said if there's something wrong with a the survey they're more inclined mm. to get cold feet and have a change of, of, of thought process mm. and they say you know what Maybe it's not worth getting that extra squeeze and pushing them to a limit that they're uncomfortable with. Mm. So I agree, hundred yeah, percent. But I would imagine a great scenario would be when both parties leave um, and they're happy. Yeah,
2: it's the great. ideal situation. Definitely. Okay. Both if I'm in one,
0: good point. So an example of a good negotiation is to make sure both sides, both parties, feel like they've won.
2: Yes, I think a win. Yeah, mm. they both want to feel like they're winning, and that's okay. where it Definitely. comes down to
1: the art of negotiating. Yes, as the role as the. As the negotiator, it's your job to make them feel that they have won. Yeah. And, you know, we'll probably come on to it, but the art of negotiating is I wouldn't say the word manipulating, but caressing the situation mm. to get to the point where both parties are happy. Yeah.
0: Okay. Very good. Thank you. What impact can ego have on negotiating?
1: Well, it can kill a deal. Yeah. I've I've had many deals <clears throat> killed um, over ego, mm. and it becomes an ego. Where, Can you tell
0: us what happened?
1: Um, I mean, in truth, there's been there's been a few, you know, where you just can't get the deal agreed, um, just purely because you're not your the whether it be the seller, the buyer, it becomes an ego thing that I don't want to pay that. You know, they don't want to be the one that concedes, they don't want to be the one that gives in or pays a bit more or takes a little bit off the asking price. You know, often if the price is, you know, whatever the price is, and then they offer too low and there's no counter offer, but then the buyer doesn't want to bid against themselves, but the owner doesn't want to give a counter proposal, so then the buyer just then it just fizzles out. Yeah. There's there's a number of, of situations, but ego can play a massive part of it. Mm. Um, and it then becomes not about the deal becomes about the principle yeah Yeah. and that's when you're in a tricky situation Mm. as the agent in the middle and you try to diffuse it and good negotiators can and perhaps others can't Mm. but that I would say is when ego gets involved Mm. it becomes bigger than the negotiating because you're dealing with often with with cases where it's not a monetary thing for people you know some of our clients have Mm. a lot of money Mm. it comes down to the principle and then that's difficult to then get someone to change not just the price they're happy to accept just their mentality going into it and you've got to again Mm -hmm. as the as the negotiator you have to try and preempt that and know your client and know
2: the buyer and try to yeah stay clear of that massively I think a big ego kind of goes alongside emotion it's the same type of it's the same thing I think you know emotion can be the killer of deals um whenever I go into a negotiation for a buyer or a seller, we almost have our monetary limit. And that monetary limit is based around data analytics uh, of what we are prepared to pay. And I almost say to the client at that point, if we get to that point where we have to maybe go over that, don't let the motion play that part to be uh, um, the major factor in and going above. If you know it's not going to be a good deal. And that's the hardest part for a buyer or seller because emotion plays massive roles in this. Um, and we as an agent then have to manage that emotional process for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of goes in with the ego side. If someone's emotional about it and, and they're, they're in a, a say, an estate agent and you're negotiating against, you know, against that person, then they will just put roadblocks up to try and not do a deal with you. Mm-hmm. But that ultimately then is not working in the best interest for the client. So in any any negotiation you have to remove all emotion mm. have to you have to yeah mm. and I
1: guess you know further to that talking about you know the agents and obviously as we know we've touched on in various different podcasts where nowadays at the top end of the market there is a third party representative that is yeah. looking you know mm. after that potential buyer
0: is that what you've heard by the top end
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, from yes <laughs> and you know then you're then not only having to navigate the potential egos of buyer and seller you're then negotiating with another third party and then there's potentially another ego yeah you know if they're representing the buyer they're going to want to get the lowest price possible for mm-hmm. their client, our job is to get the highest price possible. So then not only are we negotiating with the final party, there's the introducer as well. Yes. And it's learning the nuances of, of that. In my experience, 100%. that's when
0: egos come in more. Not so much a, with buyers, it's more about principle. Yes. Yeah. They should pay for this. Well, I shouldn't pay for that, uh, especially with lettings. Yeah, I shouldn't pay for the furniture mm. removal. They should pay for this. Yeah. Also like an asbestos survey, once with the sale in Primrose Hill, Okay. Um, that came up. It was about who should pay for
2: it. Yeah um again if going back to that first point when you come to like an specialist so like a survey if there's a slight tilt in a buyer or a seller thinking that they haven't won that's the type of thing where again then there'll be like price reduction someone's gonna stay strong and mm. ultimately that will kill a deal true you know mm. so all those little points and those nu- nuances throughout that sales progression mm. is so key but
0: yeah but ego whenever i've come across ego it's been when there's an agent representing a buyer or uh, a seller or landlord yeah and i'm Do working you know, with another ego. agent um do you know what? It's got smaller over the last few years. <laughs> I said, e- "Guys, I you're said so e- mature. <laughs> I said, <laughs> "Ego." Start, it's not a metaphor. We're talking about ego, right? Because yes. you started laughing. You both yes, started laughing. Yes. Yeah. So you're, you so know you what? Say
1: you're, do you think that's because you're maturing and becoming yeah. more experienced in real estate?
0: Yeah, and I'm, yeah. Um, so I'm more secure in who I am and my experience now. Mm. Um, I've got less of an imposter syndrome now because I know how, how good I actually am. What I do. And mm. um, I have no ego mm. And if you have no ego And then you're dealing with another agent who has You can outplay them mm. You can outmaneuver them mm. uh, And I kind of did do that With a deal I did in Little Venice I won't get into actually yeah. if you get it. Why? I don't know Because I-, I think uh, He or she might listen to this And I wouldn't rise to that But I know that mm. They never called me back When we were doing the deal together They yep. always wanted to speak to Daniel to, I don't know what it was, and mm. then they said a few things, Daniel, about me behind my back, right, which weren't necessarily true and yeah. whatnot. Interesting. Um, yeah. And to also to other people in the industry as well. Yeah. Which wasn't. Ni- it's not nice. No, no, not, um, at not at all. Not at all. But yeah. again,
1: if, you know, keep, uh, that's part of it, and I'm sure again we'll come on. That's to it. it. It's insecurity. Keep, no, no, no. That's my point, I think. yes, but my point was, you know, keeping ego out of it allows you to remain level-headed, and Correct. allows you to not get involved with. <laughs> But the, I, I the think drama. it comes
0: down to in- insecurity, though, because if you're insecure, you're going to have a big defensive ego. And sure. if you're insecure, you're going to talk rubbish about other people.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's never going to be someone of you know, success or um, in power that's going to try to push you down. Yeah. They're the type of people that want to raise people. Exactly. It's people usually that are beneath you. Growth mentality. That, that wants to pull people down. Exactly. So someone from Daniel will never, never pull us down. Cause he's from a position of, you know, in a good, you know, high up position. Exactly. Someone who's perhaps new in industry or not as qualified might want to pull you down as, as you said. But yeah, mm. I think ego is, um, can be killer, a killer of deals. Yeah. Not only, mm. not or only, success not only general. Um, you know, we're obviously talking about buyer, seller, third party introducer, lawyers. Mm. Lawyers' egos mm. can get in the way.
0: Ah, uh, Yes, good point. And also can about- cause problems. They, they try to justify their fees in a way.
1: Sure they also, you know, having to do their job. Issues. So again, you know, in terms of negotiating, you said in terms of just real estate and getting the best price. Mm. Well, as an as a agent, mm. you know, as the representative of my client, whether that be for the buyer or the seller, it's my job to navigate the full picture, mm. you know, to negotiate with the lawyers as well. Mm. You know, because if they're being unreasonable with the inquiries they raise or not budging on certain points or not taking, you know, a commercial view on certain things, um, you know, learning how to negotiate with, um, the surveyor mm. and and caressing certain situations yeah it's the full picture 100%. it's not just agreeing the price yeah i actually think agreeing the deal is the easiest part yeah it's then the getting it over the line yes. as yeah. the negotiator is is the the, the toughest part mm. so it's not just buyer seller, it's lawyers it's as whole well thing. And, and lawyers whole thing, as yeah. we've all experienced can have big yep. egos and won't want to budge and Massive, then between the two lawyers there's an ego battle yeah and
2: it's like yeah. Wow. Yeah. And He's sometimes it's sometimes when you do come up against someone and you know they've got an ego mm. as now we're experienced negotiators, you almost know how to then take some punches to feed that person's ego mm. to keep the deal alive. Do you know what I mean? Mm, like mm, with a lawyer mm. or an you know, agent or something like that. You, you, you almost, like you said, you lure them into a false sense of security where they feel that they have got one over on you. Yes. Like, and I'm like, I, I know what's happening, you know, and I'm happy to take a couple of punches because I know at the end yeah. I'm going to like land the, yeah, the yeah, last yeah, blow yeah. and I'm going to win the match. Like, Ooh, but I'm all right, so your I'm arms right to take... <laughs> But it's true though, you're you're okay to like take a little bit to know, okay, I'll feed his ego, I'll feel like he's winning as long as it's the ultimate beneficiary to my client to get this deal done. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I'm happy to be hit a few times if I know that. I'm going to win the match. That's it.
0: Good. Uh, It would be good actually to get a uh, lawyer at this table one day. Um, Mm. Point number four, uh, question number four. Negotiating with different cultures can be complex. I think we'll all agree on that. What advice do you have for navigating this?
1: Mm. travel Travel. um what do you mean by travel travel go and experience other cultures you know Mm. go to other countries Mm. spend time not in the tour not in maybe not in the touristy areas the local areas um speak to people be inquisitive ask Mm. questions um you know when i went i went to uh, morocco and we went to all the markets and everything Mm which kind of touristy, but also the locals are there and, and that's where they live and breathe and that's where they... Did you negotiate in the market? I di- uh, yes, not very well. Um, I, I did. You came back with seven pairs
2: of sunglasses. <laughs> you forgot <laughs> clients <laughs> watch this, Yeah. But this. Like, they... oh no, actually I did, I did do well. 16 Gucci but it was, handbags. It
1: was interesting, we were walking through the markets and we stumbled across what was kind of a semi-auction house out in the open of leather, Mm. and the main auctioneer guy was walking around with you know these massive layers of leather in his arm was going around to all the bidders and showing it and they were all bidding back and forth yeah um so just inquisitive in terms of Mm. you know not just going to the touristy places and you know you learn a lot yeah you know being around other people you know i'm have felt fallen foul of just staying in my bubble for so many years and knowing what i know but now I'm, you know, trying to travel. Yes. You know, because there are um cultures and nationalities that will negotiate differently mm-hmm. as we've experienced. Give us know? an example. Um give you an example. Uh You're you're Jewish.
0: Yes. Talk to us about um, Jewish people. How do they do they negotiate differently to an English British person, for instance? Say that again, sorry? A Jewish person, would they negotiate differently to an English-British person, for instance, like Ollie Ingles is?
1: I mean, look, again, there's so many different nuances. You know, so, for example, in the Jewish world, there's Jews that will originate from the Middle East. Um, Sephardi Jews in comparison to Ashkenazi Jews that will come from Eastern Europe. And they negotiate differently, um, you know, coming from the Middle East and linking in with the Middle Eastern buyers that we deal with, you know, as well as, um, you know, Israeli buyers. They they like to negotiate, you know, they lowball. Mm. They are, um, I'm you know, dealing with it at the moment, negotiating with a client from the Middle East looking to acquire two apartments. Um, the bottom price that we got from the owner was just over a million pounds per unit and he wants to start lower. And I'm trying to explain that this is already the bottom price, but they want to go ten percent below. Mm. So in answer to the question, again, you need to think like, you know, where are they from? So I've d- done many deals with buyers from Asia, from, you know, China, Hong Kong. Um, you know, my buyers, the deals I've done from Hong Kong have been very direct. Mm. You know, there's no, um they're very respectful. Um, You know, small nuances like liking the number eight because it's mm. a symbol of wealth. Mm. I did a deal um and part of the counter offer was, you know, including an eight and mm. we closed the deal and, and, you know, just so small yeah. things like that. But different people negotiate differently. You know, buyers from India might negotiate differently to someone from um, the UK. But
0: yeah. you travel to India now, so you can negotiate. <laughs> in <India. laughs> I haven't travelled to India.
1: Um, I would love to actually. I've always wanted to. But yeah, so you know, and and that's I think things like that will come with experience. Yeah, I was going to say. You know, experience. people who are watching. Who are starting out? I'll be like, oh my god, I've never done a deal with someone from Hong Kong before. Yeah, eight years ago, I never had. Mm. You know, but then over the years, you you just learn the experience, and you know, hopefully, you learn from the deal, and you look back and you enjoy the journey, and you mm. see, okay, well, they did that. They didn't like it when I said that. I didn't shake their hand mm. because you know, a woman from the Middle East, you're not going to shake their hand. You might bow, and then you get a bit of respect because they're like, oh, he knows how yes. our culture is and how we react Yes. um yeah but experience is, is a key thing Hundred percent. i didn't know half of that when i start. i didn't know any of that when i started yeah but as you do it and you do more deals and you meet more people and you observe and you travel you become a more rounded person so it's not just negotiating i guess it's more life yeah
2: mm. i agree completely yeah i think um not just different people but the, the biggest thing for me about being a good negotiator is you have to know exactly what the buyer and the seller's drivers are. And good negotiators are almost be able to to build up the, the building blocks prior to negotiation by asking the right questions and listening. You know, so many times where you speak to a younger person, you say, What's the, the art of negotiation? They say, Knowing all the comps like knowing what's sold down the road. And I'm not saying that's a you know that's a vital part of it but you need to listen to that buyer. You need to know your buyer, you need to know your seller, what's driving them to move, is it time frame? is it tax, is it location, is it X, Y, and Z? So many moving parts because as soon as you know, though, that buyer or seller inside out, when it comes to negotiating, you then play on those main drivers, you know? Mm. So someone that wants to do something within the next four weeks, because for tax reason, that is then a, a feather in the bow for the buyer to be able to move quickly. Hmm. Okay, so you uh, you you have to dip into knowing that buyer and seller ultimately to then f- forge that deal and form that deal. Um, and I think it does come into different to, to different demographics and stuff as well. Like Benji said, I think his experience throughout the years, you just know what someone's going to come in at. Someone like if say there's a lowball offer, you kind of understand and you educate your seller. Then, you for, for example, that-, that look, this is this is normal. You know, for a seller, for an inexperienced agent who then just goes to a seller and say, oh, they're putting a real low ball offer. They turn around and go, fuck off, I'm not going to do it. And then the, the agent turns back around and says, sorry, there's no deal. It's a deal dead. Mm. We know to educate the seller to be able to say, look, this is normal. Okay, this is how we need to respond back. And we take the emotion out and we give them the analysis and we give them the data to, to present it. So again, it's all these little small little key things where we know now how to interject to the right moment. Yeah. about <laughs> what, you? What I mean, out from again, from a a rental side of things, the the letting side. Um, again, obviously, that 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 market moves very quickly. When it comes to you know, is it exactly the same? Like again, will they people certain people local? How do you educate that? You know, is it is it the same within the the, the lettings market?
0: Yeah, you get local offers. Um, I think. Uh, having done both sales and lettings, I, I think that with sales, um, it's harder to part people with money. I think with lettings, in some instances, especially at the higher end, it's almost been like, and you might have a buyer like this as well with this mentality, but it's almost like it's easier for them to part with their money and treat their wife or their other half to... To the property for a year, or for six months, or for mm. eighteen months, or two years. Ah, oh babe, let's go live in Holland Park for a year. Yeah, let's go live in One Hyde Park mm. for a year, um, or for six months. Mm. I've done a year's deal in One Hyde Park, and I've done a six-month deal in One Hyde Park. Uh, they actually wanted it for three months in One Hyde Park initially, mm. uh, one bed, thirteen thousand a month, and I said, no, you can't rent a property in there for less than six months. The head lease doesn't allow it, mm. and they said, okay, let's take it for six months. Really wealthy uh, gentleman. Billionaire, uh, him and his girlfriend, during COVID. So uh, very different, very different uh, mentalities, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, and also, do you find when it comes to negotiating, because I'm dealing with, uh, at the moment, with a rental property. One more thing,
0: sorry, otherwise I'll forget. One more thing as well on that. Today, uh, we're working on a buyer together, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a property that we know about for mm-hmm. 15 million, but their budget's eight, and I said, "Why don't you send to that and see if she can increase her budget?" Mm-hmm. And I think they potentially might. Yeah. That I think that's my lettings background. You were like, "No, it's too much for an increase." Mm. With a rent, with rentals, I find it's very easy to get people up in, in budgets as well. Mm. The budget usually isn't really their budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll go from six thousand a week to eight and a half thousand pounds a week, for instance, yeah. quite easily. Mm. Interesting. Yes, yeah, interesting.
1: And so, yeah, so I'm working on a on a rental deal at the moment. And what I found was perhaps because the sales market is a lot slower than the rentals market, usually a property should rent when you you know start viewings within the first four to six weeks. Mm. In theory, from the rental side, sales side could take three months, six months, 12 months. I found when it comes to negotiating as the agent, you can be a little bit more hardball on the rental side because there's perhaps fear in the tenant's minds that they might lose it to someone else and this this exact scenario someone came in with a lowball offer um she thought she was being smart and someone else just came in two days later offered Mm -hmm. full asking price and i because i explained to the the second tenant there's an offer already on the table was it the saint john's wood property yes and that doesn't really happen in sales Mm. a lot so perhaps, you know, from a rental point of view, it's easier to negotiate because yeah. things go a lot quicker. I also
0: think you don't have to actually say that to the person. I think people know that yes. about rentals Yes. in London. It's just the known thing. Yeah. Rentals go quickly, especially yeah. if it's a good property. Yeah. Mm. They usually people say it to you, oh, please let me know if there's any other interest. I know things go quickly, which, yeah, I guess it does make the job easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. We've got a few to get through yep. and we've got yep. not very long left. Oh, my God. Do you ever play games? In a negotiation, obviously.
1: I was going to say, yeah, I love
0: FIFA. Playing uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's, let's get short, snappy um, answers here. Okay. We've got a lot to get through.
1: I wouldn't say it's games. games. I would say I use my brain. Yeah. For example, if you have a viewing and they offer very quickly, I might wait a little bit to put the offer forward to the landlord or the seller because otherwise it comes across as relatively keen. And that's not going to help the negotiation process. Legally, though, you have 24 hours. Have 24 to hours. Oh, yeah, yeah 24 yeah. hours. Yeah, 24. I mean, I might wait an extra hour, two hours. I might call them and say, the viewing was good. They're thinking about it and then they come uh, back to me. Yeah. But Is that
0: okay, though? Because you're working for the seller?
1: I'm working for not- the seller, but also I'm thinking, right, if I call my client straight away with an offer, they're perhaps going to hold out for a price that maybe the buyer can't afford because they've offered so quickly... And then, because I offered so quickly, the owner gets ahead of himself, gets greedy, and then we lose the buyer. Mm. So it's about managing expectations, managing emotions. Because if I was selling a property and someone offered
2: within an hour mm. of viewing it, my I'm licking my lips. Mm. Do you play games? Um, I think, like Benji said, it's it's not games. I think it's tactics. I think you know, ultimately. When you start negotiating, from from the minute that you receive the call to your tone, your body language, the way that you present an offer, silence—the biggest tip that I've ever said to anybody—silence is like mm. the best thing ever. We always speak. Don't talk losers. too much. Um, silence is golden when you're when you're negotiating. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's games. I think it's tactics. I think Ben's. I like co- that tactic. Completely yeah. right. You know Tic-tacs. you. Uh, you know like Ben said you're almost on the opposite side you don't want to speak to your seller and then you go back too quickly to the other side because it's you know you give you, you give a good amount of time before you speak but so there's everything it goes from timing to how you speak silence the way that you deliver the message the the, the way that you deliver the data um, so I don't think there's games I wouldn't it's, say it's games I think it's all tactics it's all it's all mind tactics yeah and so it's like, it's like with football
1: yeah the aim is to score a goal yes but when the whistle goes to kick off the match yeah you don't 11 players just go and just run and try and score a goal 100%. There's a formation. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine. It's like there's a playground. A, there's a style of play you have. Yeah. It might take 90 minutes. Yeah. It might take 45 minutes, but the aim is to score a goal, yes. but there are tactics involved. And I think it's the same. So not games, but yeah. we're just smart.
2: Yeah. Mm. I think keeping biggest advice again for a lot of for, for a lot of younger agents as well is not just the science, but like keep calm. Don't like rush mm. anything. Mm. Okay. I found that in the early part of my career you're so quickly wanting to like speak to you. You're so excited. You've got an offer. You want to tell your client really quickly and blah, mm. blah, blah. And then you don't live it the right way. Then you kind of don't give them the correct advice. Then you go back too quickly. And it's like, you might not have managed, you know, squeeze the, you know, the, the, the best, best price or you might not have, you know, negotiating the best way. Take your time or speak to other people around you. Yeah. You know, because sometimes ultimately you might not know the seller as well as your colleague does. Mm. So again, take your time, yeah. strategize and put the right position in place.
0: Key skills for negotiating. Go. I think
2: we've talked loads, haven't we? Um, Three Cs. No. Cool, calm, Calm and collected. Yeah. That's it. And prepared. Be prepared. Yeah, good point. Preparation, I think, again, is everything. Like, when we talk about price per square foot and everything, know your property inside out. Know the driver of the buyer and the seller. If you are prepared and you go into battle prepared, you won't lose.
0: Question number nine, then. How do you prepare for a negotiation? (laughs) Research and planning. Question mark.
1: I, um, I have all of the terms of the offer ready, whether that's printed out or the email ready on, on my screen.
0: Right, so this is when you're presenting an offer. When I'm
1: presenting it because you don't want to miss out any small fine detail because mm. I've learnt that every part of the offer form, whether that's timeframes, cash or mortgage, the offer level... Um, the lawyer's details, all of these things, if you get one thing wrong, it can have a detrimental yeah. response from the client whether they mm-hmm. go with it or not. Um, so I always prepare and know the offer inside out. Yep. But also I um, you know get the comparables ready. Mm. I know we touched on it before, but I would get comparables ready just to, if my client asks me for my opinion, yep. I can give my opinion. And I don't always try on offering um when i put the first offer forward i try not to make it about me i try not to give them my opinion on it Mm -hmm. i try to deliver the message and um leave it with them and then if they need to ask me they
2: can ask me but i will prep as much as i can 100 percent. yeah i think that's a big thing yeah Uh, one of the others the, the the other biggest parts of this is closing time frame I think Benji you're 100% right in what you've just said in putting off across in the best way but it's about then having the uh, opportunity <coughs> to make sure that you close the deal because like you said negotiation is just the first step okay then you've got to be on top of everything else and when you're negotiating making sure that that, that buyer has the right lawyer appointed the right surveyor appointed the right um, finance broker appointed the right currency broker appointed like tax you know tax mm. advisor appointed you have to have now as an agent so many chess pieces in play ready because if one of if one part of that jigsaw is not right the whole deal can, can go mm-hmm. so you have to be cl- cl- you know ready now to as soon as you agree a deal you are ready to close it then you know and you're armed you're prepared like we said before to know that okay everyone's in place the communication is there and we can close it quickly because time's the biggest killer of deals as well
0: mm-hmm and knowledge is confidence So if you Massively. know Your comps or whatever it is that You're preparing for Massively. You're more confident as well In the negotiation You're not, you're not winging it Massively yeah. I agree 100% Spot on I have skipped 7 and 8 um, Just uh, for timing big, I think they can I go back? Zone. Yeah okay Number 7 Do you think school has a role To play in teaching negotiating God, To yes. our this is great kids one. To the next generation
2: This is a great one I think I've got
0: a massive problem with school, so I shouldn't go into because I'll just
2: <laughs> rant. Like school failed I me. I think so I'm in not a, in a nutshell,
1: it. I think school doesn't set people up for life. Mm. No, absolutely. It, in not. the nicest way possible, Greens. I um, I did okay at school, got my GCSEs, A levels, degree. Um, geography. What have you learned from geography that you've gone on to use in your life? Well, you said to travel. <laughs> <laughs> I can google. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. No,
2: like, you no, know, I, he's right. Yeah. I know what you I, mean. Oh uh, yeah. just it. things like I don't
0: even that. I remember what I learned in yeah. geography, like where just, is no, you know, don't, France? You don't.
2: You don't learn that. though do you learn about like a, tectonic you know, plates and all the rest. Chemistry. Of it? No, physics. that was
0: that was tectonic plates were something else, wasn't it? That was like tectonic plates was no, that was, was that was that geography. Was, geography.
1: Yeah. was it? And later I learned yeah, about earthquakes and um, yeah, all of that stuff. Mm. You know, it's important. Don't yes. get me wrong, but I think it's important if someone wants to go down that route. My yes. point being, everyone in life needs to learn how to negotiate. Yes, everyone in life needs to learn how the tax position works, how business yeah. works, yeah. How to manage money Yeah, all of that how stuff. And you leave, you know, uh, you know, higher education at eighteen. Some people go into university, some don't, and then you're in the real world, and you're like, wow, like, what do I do? Yeah, you know. Mm. So I do think the education system needs to, you know, teach people. Life skills. It's life skills. Rejection. Yeah, 100%. You know.
0: How would you teach that in a school? Will everyone line up, I'm going to reject you. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me out. I'm the teacher. Ask you <laughs> on a date. No, you know. rejection and a dating. I, do you know what?
2: I, I think you're, you're completely right. I, me and Alex, my missus, have, have obviously spoken about Alfie at length and already now. You're going to reject him. It's No, but I think it's, rejection's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. healthy. It helps fix skin. You learn from your mistakes. You learn from rejection. You get up, you go again. And, and too many people are princesses and princes, yeah. you know? And they don't know yeah. in the real world. And as soon as they go out in the real world, the first person says no to them, they start crying. And it's like, that we, is the we, opposite I want. I'm we healthy.
1: get more no's. 100%! Than yeah. yeses. Massive. Yeah, 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 yeah. We probably get 5% yes. 100%. And it's having that thick skin. So yes. going back to it and not waffling on too much so we can get through the questions. I think school has to play a part in that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I do.
0: Um, we negotiate negotiating every day. Talking about rejecting, I, I was—I uh, used to be a broker. That was my first job out of uni, and I used to get hung up on all the time. We had to make mm. like 250 calls a day, 200 yeah. calls Great. a day. Good. And it got to the point where because you just want to sift through all the leads and find the good leads. So even when I got like um, a gatekeeper, as we used to call them, who didn't really want to put us through to the main person to speak to, yeah. I would hang up on them. I would hang up on them faster than they could hung up on me because so mm. I want to get to the next lead. So that mm. actually it doesn't sound very good. But from a broker's point of view, yep, such that was 10 years ago, I was like getting hung, hung up on all the time. When yep. you get used to it. You get yes, used to Scott it. Yeah, it's got to change. Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It actually means you're cl- getting closer to
2: success. Definitely. You're getting closer to the yes. Definitely.
0: Right. Question number eight. Any role models that taught
2: you negotiating? Um, I I think we, I said in the first podcast, so if you're watching, go back to the first podcast, take a listen. But my first ever obviously job in sales when I was in the wee little nipper just out of school, you know, doing membership sales at a gym. And I go back to the sales manager I had at the time there who literally taught me how to sit across a desk from someone and do an needs analysis, mm-hmm. emotional needs analysis, financial needs analysis to overcome every single objection. Yeah. So I knew financially how they were set. I knew emotionally how they were set. I could play on those emotions at the right time. If it was a price issue, I knew to say, you could take out your four coffees a week at £30 and that pays for the gym membership. He taught me sales. Yeah. And that's resonated my If you know someone's career.
0: pains, you can really... It helps so analysis. much selling Needs them. analysis, requirement, yeah,
2: means. know that. Yeah. Because then you are fully loaded to overcome everything. I read
0: a book once, forgot the author's name. It's in my... Li- what's going to be my library. The psychology of selling, and it talks about finding out people's pains or wants or yes. needs, and then using that against them. It sounds really negative. No, it's true, but yeah, as a salesperson. Well,
2: yeah, I used to say. Do you remember what you said in the first podcast? I, if I made them crop this sounds bad, but. If I knew if they cried that when I was pitching to them to sell a membership, what would you say? You are fat. Sorry, they were trying to join a gym and they would cry. Well, look, listen, listen. Don't forget, look. You're fat. You need to join the gym. Listen, listen. (laughs) Listen, We're in. No, no, no. But listen, right? When you you join a gym because ultimately you are not happy about either your image. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably eighty percent image, twenty percent health. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Mm. So when you're choosing a gym and you're going to see all these gyms and whatnot and you sit down with me and I kind of get you to that point where I've almost got you to tell me why you are here today. I don't feel Mm. good. I've got like a beer belly and like I don't feel good when I'm walking down the beach and like I can't run and play with my little boy for more than two minutes. How does that make you feel? I feel, you know, I feel awful. Like I know that I've gotten to almost like an emotional level where they are so down. They're sitting there like, fuck, I'm, you know... But then I know mm. how to build them back up again. Because this yeah. is why you're here. And this is what we've got. And this is how and I can help you. And this is what you're going to be living And li- here's the contract in six months' time. This is it. What so, an emotional roller you know, so. There was a bad... Well, yeah. But that, that taught was, me
1: sales. What was the question again? The mentor. Uh, role models that taught you. Yeah. Role models. I was quite real fortunate. Quick. In, real quick. I was very fortunate. The office I worked in at Knight Frank... Jamie Simpson. ...was a deal machine. And I always had one ear open. Was always listening to everyone. Ah, Declan Selbo uh, That was... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i learned a lot from annabelle Colliardis, now cara Georgis. she is i would probably say the best negotiator i've ever come across i actually dealt with a client who didn't know why they bought the property from her she was that good they bought something they didn't want to buy because she was so good at negotiating and she I wouldn't say manipulated but caressed it yeah so Annabelle I would say I learned a Gressa. lot from. And there's a few things. If you're going to ask for tips at the end, my golden nugget, which I learnt from her, which we'll come to. Hang up. Is it about hanging yeah. up? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, sorry.
2: I'm, just, I'm so excited. Right.
1: Um,
0: yeah. Anyone? My role model. Do you want to ask me? What? Okay. Oh yeah, go on Go ahead. Your role model. Come on. Um, well, I've got to give. The, the, it says any role models that taught you. The the answer to that for me would be. Daniel mainly If I go back many years To when I first started out um, I wasn't negotiating very much It was was more of like Being a middleman Yes um, You know They will do this price Would you do that? Okay No they won't do that What would you do? What's your counter offer? This Okay They will do that Would you do that? Whereas Daniel's taught me way more uh, About that Which Mm -hmm. maybe we'll touch upon later Or in another podcast So Number 10 What role does empathy have And how can it be used
2: effectively? Yeah, I mean this is it's a good question look I think it goes back to what we said about motions um as a, as a as a man in the middle the person trying to put this deal together there are certain situations which we come across death, stuff in probate properties and whatnot death that divorce uh, where you have to be empathetic to mm. the situation because actually sometimes that person's not wanting really to sell mm. potentially mm-hmm. so you have to tread very carefully with how you hold their hand, of course. Uh, how empathetic you are. You have, As an agent, you have to be a chameleon. You have to read the situation. A comedian. The re- you're a comedian, mm-hmm. helps too, but you have to be a chameleon. You have to read the situation and the emotions of that other person. Mm. And then you change how you are to what their emotions are feeling. 100%. If they're really excited, you're really excited too, so you bring them back down. If they're sad, you have to be empathetic. You don't want to be going, oh, great news, Margaret. You, you, you know, your husband's just died. We've got over the asking price. She's, that's, she don't care. Yeah. You have to change your way. Yeah.
1: And again, if you're dealing with a businessman, he doesn't want empathy. Yeah. It's numbers. There's no emotion. Yeah. You know, as you said, you've got to be a a chameleon. Yeah. You change your tact based on who you're dealing with. 100%. There's no two people you do, just, you know, there's no script. Yes. You just have to learn who is in front of you, how they want to be dealt with. I think empathy is important with certain people. It's a very important skill which, mm. you know, to be emotionally intelligent is it's hard, it. you know, yeah, definitely. Um yeah. But it depends who you're in front of
0: 100%. How can our listeners develop and continuously continuously improve their negotiation skills over
1: time? So Usually with a lot of things in terms of real estate, I would say you can't read a book. You can't learn. It's Mm. experience. Mm. And I think it's true of, of that answer as well. However, there's a lot of studies on humans and humans can be predictable. Mm. And I think there is a lot of study about, um, how people interact and how people negotiate. And you can read people. Mm. And there is facts, you know, how people are. Mm. You know, I think Daniel has studied it. You know, he's very good at reading people. Who? Daniel Daggers. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And he's read and learned and studied it. I think experience is a key thing Mm. because you go through it and then you remember what happened and those sort of things. But I actually think with negotiating, I think it is something you can look into and read. Yeah. Because... Studying people's psyche yeah. is something that's available and out there. Yeah. So, just
0: to clarify, because you said you can't read, but then you said read. So, I think it's like heart surgery, been, isn't it? Yeah. you've got to read at yeah, uni like and then, and and then, then actually, actually do it yeah, as well. Yeah. What maybe watch someone as well first, have a mentor, watch someone yeah. do the heart surgery, then you do the next one. I think it's, you don't kill the person.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think it's true. But <laughs> we'll lose the cell. We, yeah. We've we've all learned by listening. Ben, you said it in the last question and in your, in your last answer. We've all learned from people. Mm. We've listened yeah. to people around us. You have to, and we go, "Fuck, that's that's great. That's yeah. that's a, they yeah. handled that brilliantly. Yeah, that's how. Then you learn. Yes, you and a, us- and and another
1: thing to add, I'd say, try and surround yourself with good people. Definitely, and always listen. Yes, the younger people in our office, I always say, when the senior people in the office who are a bit more experienced, <laughs> listen. Yeah. I, when I, a lot of them aren't
0: in the office When i are in a brokerage you don't have to come to the office it's a yeah, shame though it is a shame here.
1: when when Annabelle was negotiating on the phone I would not make phone calls because mm. I would want to wait and listen mm. and if she went into the back office to then negotiate mm. I would go in the back
2: and say can I listen yeah yeah that's a great tip so, what's yeah. the,
1: so to, just to
0: recap so for the listeners to develop and continuously improve the negotiation skills listen to
1: their mentors listen to their mentors yeah. Yeah. research yeah Trial and fail. Yeah, 100% trial and, trial and, error. and fail. Just keep going. Read books. It. Any books you'd recommend? I, no, I, don't, I, oh. I mean, I say that. I'm saying do it. Yeah. I haven't done it myself. Okay. It is something I'm very interested in, in looking into yeah. as I grow in my career. Can I
2: recommend a book? Yeah, go for it, mate. Go on.
1: Sell or
0: Be
2: Sold,
1: Changed My Life by
0: Grant Cardone before yeah. the whole Instagram thing. Uh, and he if you use discount
2: the code The 300 20 <laughs> 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 I wish man. We're not sponsored
1: Seriously <laughs> Dispo- he,
0: he changed my life really? It like was that. massive yeah. Though, yeah 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 I was in broke I wasn't even a estate agent cool. At the time He's great he, it, He's it, great it was ab- it, the, It's about um, Not thinking of sales yeah. My whole perception on sales And sleazy sales people Yes w- Was changed from thinking that mm. To actually You're doing the person a favour Yeah You're doing them a disservice By them not buying your product Yeah yeah You're helping them. You're finding out what they actually want and need and like and getting it for them. Exactly. Right. Final one. Um, We've skipped a lot, but we haven't got much time here. So top three tips on the art of negotiation. Oh,
2: Jesus. I mean, we've just done like 40 minutes of it. Top three tips. Um, Top three tips. Always be prepared. I think as well. Prepared for preparation. Research and needs analysis, key. And I would say, cool, calm, collected. I would say my top three. One
1: is a real key one. Don't lie. Be honest. Mm. Because you can, once you start, once you open a can of worms about lying, about negotiating, for example, if they offered a million pounds and you say they offered nine eight five but then you go back in half an hour later i've got you another fifteen thousand pounds i think lying in negotiating you open a can of worms yeah, that i not, think not isn't that for well? it's not ethical. no it's i know people that have done that yeah. really yeah and you then have to keep up with the lie it's it's not great so yeah. always always in negotiations be be honest yeah um the second one kind of using what ollie said is you've got to keep emotions out of it you've got to keep calm as the agent, as the negotiator, you've got to be that guy mm. that they can turn to and they'll ask your opinion. Yeah. And the last one is a very weird one, which I learned from Annabelle, um, is when the call is not going your way, <laughs> hang up. That's a good one. Because she would be going on the, you know going down this conversation with the client and she'd be putting forward all her you know opinions and advice and perhaps wouldn't be getting the reaction that she was hoping for and then the client would be talking and they'd be going down and you know it's all about navigating the conversation in the direction you want it to go yeah and when she would get the sense that she was losing control of where the conversation was going yeah press red yeah wait 10 seconds call them back Really sorry, connection must have been bad. Oh, really? Anyway, it as I was tip. saying, yeah. and then she'll pick it back up and go down the path yeah, that yeah, yeah, she I like wanted that. to go. Yeah, yeah. So it's weird. Yeah. It does work sometimes. Obviously, you can't overuse it and every two minutes be hanging up yeah, the phones. Yeah. Um, but that's a weird <laughs> nugget little, that little I nugget. like using yeah, yeah. occasionally. Yeah. That, you know, someone
2: might that's be able to one. use. Al, Interesting.
0: Um, top three tips for negotiating. Number one would be read, read some books. Um, You can't rely on that alone though. So number two would be do it. Don't wait, don't hesitate. You know what they say, if you hesitate, you masturbate. Um, (laughs) Just do it, just pick up the phone. The more you negotiate, the more you learn, the more you'll get better at it. Uh, Just like riding a bike, you can't read a book on riding a bike. You've got to ride the bike, fall down, pick yourself back up, keep going. Number three would be slow down. Like Benji said earlier, if he gets uh, an offer or if he gets an increase in price, just wait, slow down, mm. think about it, strategize, yep. like Oliver said, or someone said, Yeah. just like in a football match, just strategize, mm. think about what you're going to do, think about how it's going to play out if you tell your vendor this or, yep. or, or la- your landlord this, what could your comeback be? Um, you know, once <laughs> I, I got a, a counter offer th- that was obviously their offer was obviously not accepted, uh, and I said, "Do you want the good news or the bad news? Good news is your offer's being rejected." It was like, "Well, what the fuck would you mean?" I was like, "Well, no, I think that was the bad news, sorry." And then, good news is you can get the property for this price. Mm. And I was playing, you know, I was being yeah, funny yeah. with him, and he, we had that relationship anyway, so I wasn't going to lose the relationship yeah. with the guy. We had some banter, um, you and did I, you we me? did, we did the deal in the end. Nice. Yes, yeah. well we did the
2: deal. So like. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's one other thing which I think is key for a lot of younger people. Always have your client's best interests at heart. Okay. Always think that during that negotiation you are working for either the buyer or the seller. Only one. You're either on one side of the fence. Always keep the ultimate goal in mind of what your seller or buyer wants. Commission. Don't let your own pocket commission Um, and stuff get in the way of things. Not commission, yeah. Like, always have your client's best interests at heart.
0: And the commission. Not it's the commission. A, it's a byproduct. Yeah, I, it's I, a byproduct of success. I 100% agree. Yeah, I, I, it's it's I agree super too. powerful
1: to make yeah. decisions aligned with them, not yeah. based off what benefits us, yeah. and that is the key to having long-lasting, long-lasting relationships Massively. and repeat, repeat business. Yeah,
0: that's what we are. I mean, we've touched upon this so many times, but we're, we're, we're relationship-focused business. Yeah, we're advisors. We're not transactional. We're not salesmen.
1: We're
2: advisors. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're yeah. Yeah. We're exactly.
0: not agents. Yeah. Exactly. We are the three entrepreneurs. <laughs> that was a good. That was good. <laughs>
2: all for one (laughs) and one for all Um, (laughs) I think that was a good place to end isn't it I think so too yeah
0: okay thank you for listening do you want to wrap it up because I know how badly you'd like to wrap up the podcast no no
1: it's okay just I'd like to say where can we find us yeah at benji.weinberger
0: at alex underscore
1: evagora at oliver.ingles and don't forget to pay the fee like, share, yeah. subscribe And not also right? our I was going to drop that Also our free like, entrepreneurs. Share,
2: pod, our free entrepreneurs hashtag. Not too much banter what's, to what's our handle For um, the free entrepreneurs The social At uh, the three entrepreneurs yeah, so at, the, Yes At the three entrepreneurs Subscribe to the
0: YouTube channel as well The YouTube channel is brilliant Because you actually get to watch us In the in the flesh. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Not while you're driving of course Because you were going to come naked that. next time That's
2: what was going to incentivize
0: people Exactly Next time <laughs> If we get over 200 subscribers I will do the podcast naked
1: Please do not
0: subscribe. (laughs) I've never
2: wanted us to fail so much. To the jingle.